So welcome everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, this week I'm joined by Jamie Unwin, who is a natural history camera operator, National Geographic Explorer and also an award-winning wildlife photographer. He graduated in zoology from the University of Exeter's Penryn campus back in 2017 and has gone on to film shows for BBC, Channel 4, National Geographic and loads of others. Um, most recently, Jamie's camera work has been seen on Channel 4's Secret Safari, filmed in Kenya's Old Petitia Conservancy. So welcome, Jamie. Thanks so much for joining me. No worries. Thanks for having me. Um, if I could just start with um, a quite early question, I guess. Um, when did you first develop a love of the wild and wildlife? Um, I think it was, when I, it was when I was growing up. So uh, my family, we live on a, a small farm just outside um, Oxford. And I think it was being around animals the whole time, but also where the farm is, it's literally surrounded by sort of countryside. So I would go out quite often with my camera to take photographs of the deer and hares and things like that. And I think that's what really inspired me. Um, I had some amazing encounters trying to crawl on my stomach to get really, really close to the hare and rage or anything like that. And it was just the most amazing thing. Um, and then I think from there, yeah, the passion sort of just grew from a love of kind of creating photography and photos and making really beautiful images to then kind of going, oh, actually, I kind of care about these animals as well. So I kind of protect them in any particular way. Yeah, so I'd say came from there. No worries. So you're, you were interested in filming for filming and photography before you were interested in conservation, really, would you say? Or was it the other way around? Yeah, well, I think they sort of kind of hand in hand I think love of photography and taking photographs of wildlife was what kind of then made me get super passionate about conservation as well um, and I think yeah they both happened at such a sort of similar time uh, and then they sort of progressed with that I suppose and then led on to me going to the University of Exeter and, and so on. Brilliant and um, now while you were at Exeter as I understand it you uh, organised an expedition in Madagascar that you did completely by yourself you organised everything um, you know, it wasn't wasn't part of a bigger a bigger program. I mean, what inspired you to do that, and how do you make something like that happen when you're a student? So it was myself and five others um, who uh, we were in first year. I think what inspired all of us to do it was um, we had a lecture by someone called Dave Hoskin, and I think it was one of the first lectures I think we had of him. And he said, um, "Right, everyone that's here, write down on a bit of paper why you're doing." Um, zoology degree or whether it was conservation biology because we're all sort of mixed up and pretty much everyone wrote down on that bit of paper oh we want to make a difference to try and protect wildlife um, and I think he, he sort of then read those out in, in the class uh, and said like you know if you guys want to do this then just go out and do it you have everything you could possibly want at Exeter um, and I'm here to kind of support you and then I think from there, it was me and, and five others, we then just got super inspired by Dave. And then he was really, really supportive. Um, and then the idea of the uh, Madagascar expedition came up. Um, and again, he like kind of just gave us so much support and advice. Uh, and it was really down to kind of the rest of the team because um, it was a huge learning curve for me kind of figuring out different things because I had my kind of photography skills, but I'd never applied for grants or anything. So it was really a matter of bouncing off the other members and kind of what they brought for it from the places they'd come from um, and yeah there was down there was two Hannahs on our, our team and they went to the Royal Geographical Society and they were one of our main funders and they managed to persuade them to fund us um, but yeah it was quite quite nerve-wracking and yeah a huge learning curve I think kind of everyone it was amazing but once we'd sort of done that I think it showed for me that you can sort of just organize anything that you sort of want to do it's like no you don't need to be part of a 
particular organization or of a company that kind of run these expeditions it showed that you can just sort of you know find somewhere that you're passionate about find some contact and then from there branch out a project that you feel really passionate about and then it all sort of just yeah, snowballed from there really um but yeah it was a really really good really good experience brilliant i mean what's madagascar like um it looks like a completely different planet when you see it on the television is it like that uh yeah i suppose so like where we went we had a coastal sort of rainforest um and it was literally right on the beach so our tents were you know a few few hundred meters away from, from the coast um and you could hear the crashing of the waves and it was the most amazing place to spend sort of six weeks um and yeah no, like the, the rainforest and the bits which are preserved are incredible but madagascar is such a sad story because i think when we were right on the reports we like 90 percent of the forest had already been cut down and i think we definitely saw that when we were there we would drive through just planes and planes of kind of grassland and things that had recently been deforested to get to our little chunk of forest and then when you look it up on a satellite view you can see literally this sort of sliver of forest down the edge of the, the coast where it should be connected to see that much larger forest that kind of more inland um so that was very opening for me like the people in the country is amazing but in terms of environmental impact that's happened there it was, it was very very yeah eye-opening yeah. the rest of the team um, and can I ask about one of your other things that you did when you were studying? Because you also filmed with uh, one of our other alumni, Steve Batchel, while you were still at university. I mean, what's it like to be involved in something like that so early on in your career? Yeah, I mean, it was really, really cool. So the way that happened is because so I do a lot of kayaking or, or did back then, sort of then. Um, and it was through a friend there who then put me in touch with Steve. And he was doing the same race because he did a race called Rises to Westminster. Okay. Um, and he originally wanted a film just to kind of to raise some money for land trust. Um, and then he was just doing it with a friend called George. Uh, and then so we made that film and it was really great. It was really nice working with Steve and he's like the most lovely person ever. So he was also, you know, incredibly supportive um, sort of after then. Then that led on to the following year um, one show which was on the BBC so yeah. they saw that film and then also Steve was still trying to raise money um, so they were like right let's do it with the one show and at that point and he had at that point maybe if you want to say Helen who then um, did race with him and then that was amazing because that was my first sort of TV job um, and then having a much larger crew and people way way more, more experienced than me but they kind of trusted me because Steve was going oh Jamie's already done this once he knows the race he knows how to film fine just let him do it um so he kind of persuaded them to let them use me which was really really nice and yeah it did that um it was really good and it was really nice to see that then come out on tv not too long uh yeah brilliant i mean what are some of the favorite projects some of your favorite projects that you've got to work on um in the last few years would you say um i would say my favorite thing that i've filmed has got to be for a show called Tiny World, which is on Apple TV, which is like a new kind of streaming platform. And they asked me to film leopard slugs mating. And when the producer was describing it to me, I was like, are you kidding me? Because it sort of described this love scene of the two slugs that would kind of come from an apple branch. Um, and then they would intertwine and then kind of fall down from the tree on a trail of slime. And then their bright little penises would then come out the back of their heads and then intertwine and then they would exchange sperm and, and all, all that stuff. 
And like when he has a terminal, it's like, oh my gosh. And they'd only filmed it once before in an Ashenborough show called Life of the Undergrove. Okay. So this is the second time that, you know, it had ever been or tried to be filmed. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. Um, and I just never really thought it was going to happen because we tried once. Well, they'd already tried once before me and it didn't work. And then they we tried again and again, it didn't happen. And I was like, no, I'm convinced we can get it to work. Uh, so then a few weeks later, we then tried it again. And this is literally in my back garden, me kind of set up <laughs> studio thing. Um, and then it all happened in front of us. And I think we had maybe three or four matings happen. Okay. Um, so it was just incredible to see that. And you're there like, what the hell is this? Uh, so... <laughs> And then that was that was kind of has been like one of the best things and creatively like because I'm such a kind of sort of visual person when filming it was something that I had like a lot of creative play with um and that was really really fun uh so yeah something that wasn't very far from home you would never think kind of just happens outside your back door um, no. so I absolutely love that <laughs> brilliant um now you're in kenya at the moment um having just been filming you spend a lot of time out there but i mean how has filming been um the last year during the pandemic how has that impacted things yeah so not not so great it's not the best career to be in when there's a <laughs> pandemic so um in march 2020 i was on the, the shoot for secret safari and that was supposed to continue until june um, but we all got home um, short because of the lockdown and everything going on in the UK and at that point obviously no one really knew what coronavirus was and how serious it was going to be so we all got cold home and then yeah then things sort of just fell off the cliff because they uh, were wanting to send U uh, UK crew out so then a lot of uh, productions were trying to find local crew and it was really hard to find sort of little bits of work and I did a few little bits with spring watch and autumn watch winter watch but it was you know tiny tiny bits of work compared to what I've been doing the year before yeah. so that's been quite a shock and it's been quite a yeah struggle I've been doing a lot of life admin um <laughs> doing all those things you never get around to doing which I'm sure everyone else has been doing um yeah, yeah. yeah and now and then I've come back out to Kenya I came in January um to as a sort of a career move because everyone's sort of using local crews still although things are hopefully going to get a little better um yeah out here um in a few little bits Cool. Well, hopefully we're looking at some progress now. So hopefully 20, the rest of 2021, 2022, I'll keep my fingers crossed anyway. <laughs> yes, definitely. Getting a little better. Um, now, I just want to ask one other question, um, slightly different. You mentioned uh, Stand Up For Nature, which is this organisation you founded. Um, and you show wildlife films in cinemas in Africa that are powered by bicycles. I mean, how did you come up with doing that idea and how has it taken off? Yeah, so that was an idea that came up during university uh, and it was sort of one of the things which led me on to kind of having the experience to become a camera man. Um, I had this amazing opportunity to go to Malawi and make a film about the illegal ivory trade. Yeah. The film was all kind of aimed for the local audience rather than kind of a foreign audience. Um, and it was when I was there, I was like, I was actually going to see this film because they were, it was going to go out on the, one of the local TV channels. People that actually needed to see it uh, were the ones that lived around the edge of the reserves and national parks. Some of, a lot of the times, a lot of those communities were the poorest and they didn't have um, TVs and things like that. So it's like, this film is never going to get to them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was when the idea of the sort of way to show films, but in a way where we didn't need a, a 
plug socket to plug in something. And it was like, how can we make electricity? So he came up with the idea of the bicycle powered cinema. Um, and it's basically with the power of one bicycle to so someone's pedaling it, pedaling it, and it's on a stand, it creates enough electricity to be able to power um, projector and oh, some wow. speakers. So you can rock up literally anywhere uh, and show a film. And it's the most incredible thing. So we did that in Malawi, and I did it with a friend from uni called Anna Pollock. Um, and, and that was where sort of stand up for nature kind of started. Uh, and then we did Malawi and then graduated, and then we did Kenya. Uh, I did a really big project project there. And then that was the last time I actually did something with stand up for nature. But I'm now hoping to sort of rekindle it because my idea has always been to slot in stand up for nature projects in between my podcast shoots. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise, I'm not sure, but with coronavirus, it's given me loads of time to focus on stand up nature stuff. So it's kind of pulling away massively in the background. And it's what I've been really busy doing here, meeting, going around meeting loads and loads of people. Because um, I'm also hoping to show the Secret Safari series back to the communities around okay, here. Yeah. Just because usually, you know, a lot of wildlife documentaries, they have kind of white foreign people on them. Um, Whereas this time, Secret Safari has the local Kenyans in it, which is amazing. So it'll be the perfect thing to be able to show to the communities around here that, you know, live around Olpegeta. Um, and especially people will probably recognise each other going, oh, that's Samuel, that's Nelson. <laughs> um, it'll just be, yeah, wonderful. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what sort of happened. That's how the idea came up and it's still sort of ongoing. Brilliant, brilliant. And just one final question. Um, what do you want people to take away from your films um, when, when they watch your programmes? Um, so I suppose there's kind of two sides to it. You have the Stand Up For Nature films, which are much, which I'm far more sort of passionate about and they have like a message that's kind of my way of wanting to sort of help protect wildlife because I feel like it's much more tangible. Um, so from that, it's well, the films are aimed for the local communities here in Kenya. And it's literally weird doing it to just inspire people in the exact same way that we were inspired in the UK. You know, it's like I was inspired by Steve Baxter on TV when I was younger or other sort of films like that. Whereas a lot of people don't realise that most of those films are never shown or never seen by the people that actually live around, around that wildlife. Um, so that's kind of the side of Stand Up For Nature and what's on those films. And in terms of like podcast, each kind of, message with those different podcast films is a bit different depending on what it, it's for i think for, for those i think you know everyone kind of goes in it with the same thoughts that they just want to create the most beautiful imagery they possibly can to inspire people going oh my god natural world is, is amazing and beautiful we must protect it and i think i think that does have a you know a huge effect because so many people go through um, university to do biology and things like that yeah um <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jamie. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat to us. And uh, I hope that plenty more films are coming your way at the end of 2021 and 2022. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you.